Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hood's turn for Anthony Modest. Not a bad idea. And there it is for Coco. For Borussia Dortmund. The long wait is over. Hey, welcome back to the BBB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How are you doing, man? How's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. I mean, I, I knew we had that chant come in at the end, but I didn't know you also did a, a, another tweak to the intro. I mean, that got me dancing. I know no one's else has seen me do it, but I mean, if I had a Makoko highlight in there, I got to put the most recent one you in there. It. I got to. So, uh, of course, we are, are back this week to recap a great win over Schalke in the Riviera Derby. Um, Derby, I guess I just say Derby. Derby is like the English way to say it, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not English. And I'm kind of half German, so I should stick to Derby, I guess. Fully American, kind of German, not English. So, anyways, a great 1-0 win um, where we saw, I mean, it, so this was the first Derby versus Schalke in front of fans in a couple years, three years, like first one in a long time. Uh, it's also the 99th Derby. So really, really big, really cool moment. 150 the game for Royce. Uh, I feel like a couple of, there was a couple other milestones in there, uh, but big game on the weekend. Good win. Uh, another 1-0. We had another surprise injury. I guess before we dive into that though, Carver, how are you feeling about the, uh, the game overall coming off of that? Well, like I mentioned last week, after the Man City game, unfortunately, it was a disappointing result at the end, and we couldn't get any points from that. There was a lot of positives to build on. And we now have a little bit more confidence going into this one, knowing that we competed with the best team in the world at their own stadium and uh, held them off for 80 minutes. And for a few minutes, we were also leading. So again, I, I think we had some positives to build on. And and we can uh, continue to work on things that we did well that game, which, you know, we were pretty defensively sound and uh, we looked decent on some of the counterattacks. And now back at home uh, against an opponent who is just not Man City and having the supporters behind us got me feeling at least a little bit like the team was going to be up for the challenge, which which they were. I mean, and also given how Guerrero had some sort of muscle injury and was out for this one, too. I mean, you text me and I didn't even know yet. <laughs> And I was like, I wish I could say I'm surprised at this point. I mean, really. I mean, who else could you lose at this point? I don't even know. I mean, the, and that's before the game, too. <laughs> we had an injury during the game, which we'll get to. But. Yeah, the, the surprise is just who's it going to be? Like, it, it's not a surprise that someone's going to be injured before the game now. And and I just hate it's not if, it's who. Yeah, it's who. You know? That's the surprise. And I, I mean, when I texted you, it was just like, oh, yep, here it's happening again. But. And again, we find out because we get the lineup and that's it. Like there's no communication beforehand. It's pretty frustrating because I want to be me and I know all the other fans too. We want to be as upset if we weren't so caught off guard. If you just tell us even the day before, hey, Rafa pulled something up like he's he's out tomorrow. All right, cool. I'm going to be a little upset, but not as upset when I find out seeing the lineup an hour before the game. Um, And at first you see the, the lineup, you see the starters and you don't see Rafa. So you like... Look down. You have to squint on the the subs. Who you almost are, have to like reread to the starting eleven again. You're like, oh, okay, hold on, I missed him. Where is he? <laughs> and then you you look at the subs in way smaller font, and you're like, read that a couple times. And you're like, oh nope, I don't know where he is. And then you hope for another tweet that says, oh he's out with an injury, or you just wait for for who knows what. I don't know. It, that's super frustrating every single week. But I mean, I think there wasn't really anything that came from the club. So I just I found on Twitter. Uh, Patrick Berger from uh, Sport One was just saying Rafael Guerrero didn't make the squad due to some you know, muscle injury. And, you know, who knows what that means? Because it seems like every player has had something like that in just weeks, really, even. But other than that, again, the lineup's kind of picking itself. Um, yeah, did you have any other lineups or lineups? Thought about the lineups or anything about this game? 
Uh, yeah, so I'll run through the lineup. I'll give my thoughts. So we did see Wolf at that left left back position, which we, we've talked about before, like Wolf on the right and left. And obviously he can, but man, both games he's played on the left, he's done great. So in seeing him in that position, I wasn't worried this time at all. Like I was feeling pretty confident and he looked great throughout the game. So anytime he pops up on the left side, I'm not going to be too upset about it. I don't mind at all. So Wolf, we had Schlotterbeck and Hummels. Some people might be a little surprised to see I mean, that combination after seeing Sule and, and Hummels, just seeing Hummels or Slaughterbeck, we we have three center backs that are have been performing well. Um, and they seem a bit interchangeable. Like, even when we saw Sule and Hummels play together last week, like, they were still solid together, which is good to see because you always want to build that partnership. But it seems like we got three interchangeable center it, backs, which... Yeah, and you, and you will continue to build that partnership because... Obviously, Schlotterbeck and uh, Sule have a lot more years um, to go in their career rather than Hummels. But it makes Hummels better in the fact that, and he said this even in the summer, really went before Schlotterbeck and Sule even really arrived at the camp. But, you know, this is what motivates players to actually play better, that they're, fat, that they're having to actually compete for their spot and compete against their teammates. And that just that just drives a lot of people. And it looks like we've been getting the best out of Hummels so far. So, again, yeah. that's a good problem to have for a coach. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like he's been doing great. Uh, he's been super motivated and, and playing really well. Um, so I think moving forward, like if I, no matter who I see in that pairing in the back to start, like I'm I'm pretty confident in whoever uh, starts there. We had Mounier, uh right back, O'Shannon Bellingham in the middle again. Mullen back from injury, getting the start along with Royce and Brantz with Modest up top. I don't know why I keep forgetting to start my lineups without Meyer. No disrespect to him, but obviously he was in goal. Uh, we did see the formation change uh, from what we played against Manchester City and got back into our 4-2-3-1 for this. You know, Schalke are going to come out to compete on this one. You know, they're not a team to really shy away from a fight like this. And a lot of those players still know the history between uh, the history and the rivalry between these two clubs and how much it means to the supporters and how much it means to... You know, higher up to the club too and uh, coaching staff. So, you know, both teams are looking to come out and compete. And you saw throughout this game how more uh, the, the tense just, or the tensity just came to build even more and the tension just kept rising. And uh, it was only a matter of time to see who else would get injured, injured after Royce, you know? Yeah. So before we, we will talk about Royce in that injury a little bit more, but I, I mean, like beginning of the game, starting the game, how, like what are your thoughts you talked about the Man City and coming off that game. And last week we talked about, like, I hope this doesn't, like, bring the team down. And I hope it gives them the confidence, even though it was a tough way loss. And it looked like they did have a lot of confidence going into this game. Of course, playing at home uh, in this kind of this kind of match will get you hyped up. So I was happy to see that. And it looked like they started pretty strong, too. Yeah, or at the very least, the will to fight and the will to actually go out and give it all for your performance. And... I mean, of course, Schalke, we're going to really just sit in here. And I mean, they, they were still wanting to come and come out and compete. But defensively, I mean, they had what, like at least eight or so players behind the ball each time. So it was going to be pretty tough to break them down, which it was pretty much the whole game. And um, you could look at a handful of different reasons as to why, which we'll get into. But I mean, the beginning, yeah, I thought we did look pretty strong. It was tough to get Modest involved pretty much the entire game, really. But um, having him as like the focal point of your attack, uh, it, we just couldn't really get much of a sting in anything that we were trying to build. Yeah, it. I still think and we'll talk about Modest a little bit because I still think uh, we're not necessarily playing to the strengths of like playing with Modest. Um, we did have quite a few more like crosses in here, and ironically, later in the game, when when Mukoku comes on from Modest, that's how we get the goals. Like we cross it in. And Makoko gets the header, which is what we need to see from Modest. There was a, a fairly early chance for Modest where there was a cross in, uh, I think from Mounier, and he just like miskicked it. And we, we've seen this a, a few times to where he's just hasn't he's been not really gifted with his feet. Yeah. And so is that something we need to correct or is that something he needs to work on? Or I, I just don't know where like this misconnection is happening. I mean, I, I know where it's happening, but I don't know. It seems like we haven't corrected it. Terzic hasn't corrected it yet. Like we're not doing what we need to do to play properly with him. And I don't know if that's a uh, Modest not adapting to us or us not adapting to Modest. Cause it still looks like we're doing like working the ball around a lot and we're just not putting that cross in. So is that on us or is that Modest not getting involved in the buildup or play or whatever? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it can, all, it can be a little bit of both. I mean, it, it's not only us, 
trying to adapt to having a slower striker up top, which is, you know, we haven't had that something like that up top for a long time. But at the same time, you're having Modeste adapting to this kind of level too, week in and week out. I mean, he's played, he's played against teams around that are like Schalke before, but you know, he also just came off of the back of a Champions League game as well. So he's still trying to get into, you know, this higher level overall. And I can't say we can expect him to really improve too much with his feet, just given how old he is. But we can try to squeeze every bit of strength, I guess, we can out of him with the uh, his heading ability, hopefully. Um, and it's just a matter of, I guess, trying to get him to be in better positions and also having support around him too. I mean, now that we brought in Adeyemi at the end and uh, Mukoko, I mean, that just breathes so much more life and pace into our game as well, which uh, Modest doesn't really have. Yeah. Um, we'll jump jump into the, the Royce injury, which was tough to see. 28th minute is when he went down. Kind of a coll- collision. No real foul. Just he collided with, uh, it was the Schalke defender and uh, goes down with the ankle injury. Has to get stretchered off, which does not look great ever. Um, and you know, he was covering his face the whole time too, which yeah. I, I honestly was almost tearing up. I was like, shit. I mean, he knows something is is gone, and it's crazy that in the last like year or so, maybe maybe two, how many games he has played, given his whole career has just been known for its uh, tragic injuries. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe he might have moved past that, given that it's it's been so long now, and he's played week in and week out for so long. But uh, so after seeing the replay, I was like, oh shit, that looks rough. And again, he I couldn't see his face whatsoever the entire time from the time he went down to being stretchered off. I didn't see him. So yeah, I was I was very nervous. Even the day after, I was nervous too. But right before that report came out, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's bad when a player goes down is he immediately like covering their face and like like because they. I mean, you know, you know if, if something bad happens. But fortunately enough, we did get the news. I mean, who knows what happened? It always seems like it takes us long, a little longer to recover from injuries, uh, given all our, our problems. But um, fortunately, the report we got or from the scans and everything says it wasn't like a serious injury. Like he didn't break anything or fracture anything, but he should be back in a few weeks. Yeah, three to four. So his World Cup spot isn't necessarily in jeopardy at the moment. Although three to four, I would probably start to caution for like four to five, um, just given the luck we've had in the last like year or so. And also just how many injuries he's had in the past on his ankles, both of them. So I think we're going to be a little bit more cautious, especially with, again, the run of games that we have coming up. Uh, It looks like he will be out for the Cologne game, obviously, the next two weeks, as well as it's looking likely at the Bayern game as well. Yeah, which is on October eighth. I mean, it'll be cutting it close, and I mean, at, at at least or at the very most, I imagine he won't start. Yeah. Um. So we saw Reyna sub in for him, uh, right around the thirty second minute when they when he finally got su- play resumed and he subbed on, and immediately after that, um, we saw a really good chance where Mullen held up the ball, like I think it was just on the edge of the eighteen, out wide. Uh, really good on him to he kind of like held the ball. Waited to see what was going to happen. Did this awesome little flick pass, flicking it over the defenders to where Bellingham had a header on goal. Fantastic save. That's, oh my God, that save was unbelievable. I could have, I would have put money. The second that left Bellingham's head, but just because the contact he made with that, I, I would have put money on that being in. Yeah, it was a great I mean, opportunity. And uh, Reyna was right there behind him. So it's like if Bellingham wasn't there or if Bellingham missed it by chance, like Reyna probably could have, was maybe in a even slightly better position. I had a little I more space on it. Say, yeah. 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 But he didn't have to like sprint and almost jump behind him. Yeah. It, it was good to see immediately. I know Reyna wasn't technically involved in that. He didn't get ahead on it, but he was there and very quickly involved in, in the play and the attack moving forward. And we saw he, I mean, our wingers, they always kind of do this where they shift around and they rotate up top, ro- mm-hmm. rotate and shift sides. But we saw Brant kind of drop to that number 10, uh, Reyna out wide on the right at first. And then they were all rotating around. Um, it was good to see that our level didn't drop our like level of intensity and skill and like how we were working and playing the ball did not drop at all. Um, it was really good. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah, it's, it was really inspiring and, uh, uh, yeah, just inspiring to see that right whenever Royce came off, you know, not only just how good of a player he is, but also that your captain and the one that's played with so for so many games now in a row and, 
you're expecting, yeah, intensity to drop a little bit, maybe nerves start to creep up. But like, if anything, we continue to pin them even harder and really try to go for one in the following minutes. Yeah. And so lucky that we couldn't capitalize. Yeah. And I mean, I think Raina coming on, I was surprised he didn't start this game because I thought he, he was so good against Man City. Um, so I wouldn't have been surprised if he started over Brandt. That was another surprise in the lineup for me. But yeah, him coming on still, he he's looked good. I've seen some articles um, about just him like lo- looking good for the World Cup, which is is true. But at the same time, I don't want people like I know they're they've been easing him into things. But by World Cup, he should be good to go. I think he was even said after the international break, he should be good to go to play a, a full game. I just, again don't want people getting carried away. And I, I'm maybe we'll, we'll talk about it a little more. We're going to talk USMNT just briefly, but I. If Dortmund's easing him into things, I wonder how those conversations have been with Berhalter and, and Dortmund and as far as the ease, which I, I know USMNT has a lot of options up there, so I don't think they'll overwork him, but I just... What we've been seeing from him, I don't want Berhalter to throw him in there for 90 minutes now. I don't, I don't think Berhalter will do that, and he, he was at the game, so yeah. I would imagine you know he's not talking to Terzic or anything like that, or at least maybe not. He could be, but I mean, I imagine he's got some sort of insight into how they're going to treat Geo and think well, he didn't have to travel far at all. In fact, it looks like he drove himself and picked up uh, Scally on the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully, Reyna's not, I mean, still looking pretty healthy though, overall. And um, I just wanted to say too, I mean, the header again from Bellingham, I mean, there's only so much you could do uh, when shoot with shooting and especially in that kind of position. But Schalke's uh, keeper, Schwolo, I mean, of course, he has to have a game of his like life. <laughs> In this one, it seems like always there's like bangers against us and 30 yards out or the opposing keeper is just like apparently every keeper is Neuer on their day. And that's always against us because <laughs> it wasn't just the header. It was just minutes after that, too, that um, I think it was Brant that had a shot right outside the six yard box. And uh, somehow we got to that as well. Yeah, Vol- Wolf had one a little later. I know it wasn't like I, it was might have been kind of right at the keeper. Um and then Mullen, I don't remember when these Mullen had a couple of really good runs where he like diced through the the defense and was probably got to the six yard box and like had a had a go, but it was almost like he didn't get enough power on it, which is like the opposite of what we usually f- see from him making those runs, getting real quick shots off with a lot of power, uh, but not that much power and right at the keeper. But I thought Mullen looked great coming back to you. Uh, his speed is awesome, and it, of course in this game we saw like his skills were great too. I also. Thought it was interesting. I mean, not interesting, but I thought it was good to see him taking corners on the left side. It was interesting to see like the split left versus right when the corner, whoever was taking the corners, were both right footed, so it didn't really matter um, when when you look at it from that perspective. But I thought his corners were great. Like he had two, I think, in the first half that were in really dangerous positions where we got ahead on the ball or like barely missed it and a little miss hit from a header. But um, I mean, we, we've seen some pretty terrible corners and free kicks. I feel like lately, so it was good to see some good ones coming in from Mall, and I, I feel like he had a great game. Yeah, weirdly enough, it's it's almost like rare to see in any club uh, a team having like a consistent uh, corner kick taker that can actually get him into dangerous areas on a consistent basis. It's it's pretty rare, which is strange. Um, but yeah, I know. Thankfully, I know Moko or not Makoko Modest has not scored a lot with his head this year, but at the very least, on a defensive standpoint. He's cleared, I don't know how many for us. So late game, whenever we're really needing to park the bus, so, you know, pack it in uh, against the set piece. We can have an extra body in there that is that knows how to get the ball out. Which, I mean, on that note, there was a corner right at the end of the half with a Modest header that just went wide by like a, a few mm-hmm. feet. But, I mean, that's also encouraging to see him like get make connection and, and just a little bit wide. Like, I'm not too mad about that. Like, at least he's he's getting those chances a little more. I know I just went on a rant earlier about him not doing much, but uh, positive and, and good to see from the first half. I mean, any other thoughts from the first half specifically before we dive into the second half and everything that went down there? Um, I mean, I, I thought it was good first half. We were in control the whole game, creating some chances. We still kind of, like, didn't finish our chances or, like, that final pass. Like, we're still struggling in, in that area. I think that, again, comes back to, like, how are we playing with Modest? and vice versa, uh, and that's the thing we really need to figure out because that's kind of what we've seen in every single game. But I mean, if, and also just going into that second half, we just need to stay patient. You know, it's some, it's, there are some times where you're not going to score, even though you're dominating all 45 minutes. Look at Man City. 
You just have to stay patient and uh, not lose your head at all, especially, you know, at times when we try to get a little bit desperate for a goal and we're caught out a position and, you know, and our high line is exposed and then it's just an easy tapping for the other team then they can really park it in. So again, just staying patient, staying organized, staying alert and just hunting the ball too up top, which we did. I mean, even though the first five or so minutes of the second half, we were still high energy and going right at them and, and could have netted one pretty early on as well. Oh yeah. We, I mean, we had a couple of really good chances early on and like we, like you said, we started super strong. Um, it's, I'm always a little nervous second half just to see, I, I almost expect like the, uh, if we're like dominating the first half, I, I expect that Shaka or whoever we're playing to come out strong. And we've seen that a few times where we uh, come into the second half and we drop off a lot. So it was good to see right off the bat, a lot of pressure and, and already creating chances pretty early on. Um, also, I mean, this is overall a game thing, but I thought Mounier and Wolf, just talking about our fullbacks, like I thought they were getting into really good positions and creating a lot of opportunities moving forward, which is good to see that working wide and working with them, even if, um, yeah, we, we'd almost see Wolf as, I mean, Vol, Wolf's an attacking player, so he can get in advanced positions, but in where you might think, all right, let's make sure he's settled defensively first. I thought our fullbacks offensively, defensively, both did really well. Yeah, I was just about to say there at the end, too. I mean, not only offensively did they uh, perform pretty well, but our whole back line was very defensive sound the entire game. I mean, Chuck only had 0.3 XG, so, you know, we, we kept them quiet pretty much the entire 90 minutes, and uh, that's pretty tough to do if you're if you're Borussia Dortmund, so. Uh, there were a couple more chances for, or Schalke created a, a few chances here and there in the second half, but nothing was really on target. We didn't see Meyer have to do anything. Another good like game for him where he just got to hang out and uh, chill chill with the fans over the yellow wall. Didn't have to do much this game. Um, he maybe had one save, for, or he stopped like a corner coming in, I think, but besides that, not much from Meyer. And then you know, he didn't have any saves that were shots on target. So he, he did. There was Earl. Okay. I meant to, I didn't mean to talk about this when we were talking first half, but I think it was like 16th minute. He had that one where they kind of broke through our lines, ended up being offsides, but he came out of the box to uh, like stop the defender and kind of took the defender out completely. Like took oh, out his yeah, legs. Yeah. I don't know how I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We, yeah, we have seen. My breath. If, if that wasn't offside, that would, that's a, <laughs> Well, at first, so I got, well, I got to shout out, uh, the Brucia STL supporters group who, uh, I was at, I went to Amsterdam Tavern where they watch games at, and it was, it was such a good time watching the game there. Big shout out to them. There was some guys, uh, filming for, I feel I like it was sky filming the supporters group. Um, and it, it was just a really good time. Like I, I love those guys. I'll, I'll I'm just going to throw some shade to like anyone who, who's fan of like, from what I've experienced at the. Amsterdam specifically, you always see like these Man United fans and these Arsenal fans show up and all these teams from the Premier League. But it seems like they're all just a bunch of random people who show up to watch the game. But the Borussia STL supporters like fan fan club yeah, is like, like legit. About us. Oh yeah, it's a legit group. Everything's organized. Everyone's cool. Everyone's hanging out and having a great time. Like we're actually watching the game together. Shout we out to them. We show up in numbers too. And we have like stuff around us. You know, we have the decorations and everything. We, we make our own little black and yellow corner every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always a very good time. It, it was awesome. And I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, we were watching. Okay. At that specifically that part. Um, I remember thinking, of course, of course that guy's offsides. And then we see the replay and I was like, Oh wait, that's the different guy than I thought was offsides. It was really close. It ended up being offsides. Um, sorry. I went on this whole yeah. rant, but <laughs> Yeah, I knew at the very beginning, uh, their striker, Tarot, uh, that he, I knew he was off, but I forget the player that actually that, like, ran through. Been, uh, yeah, I think it might have been Larson, if I'm not wrong, um, but was actually lit, looked on sides at the set in the first replay. Yeah, yeah. And I was starting to hold my breath a bit. <laughs> and we, we have seen Meyer, there's been a, a couple other times where he he's like come out of the box like this. And I think this was the worst one, obviously, because he kind of missed the ball, took out the player. But in the other the other instances where it's happened, I think he's done pretty well to time it, like um, to to get there at like he he missed the ball, but he was there at the right time. Um, so I think he's been pretty smart with his timing on, on those couple chances specifically. So and that's really all I can say about him because that's all we've really seen from him because he hasn't. Besides the Man City, he could have done a little better, but in this game, he did not have much to do, which is always good. Our backline was holding up. Yeah, and then. So it comes around the 60th minute or so. We see, we see uh, 
two good subs from Terzic. Actually, pretty much every sub that he made this game is exactly who I would have brought on and exactly when I would have brought them on as well. Right around the 60th, I was like, we need some more pace up top and we need some life uh, breathed into our attack. Modest is just not cutting it today. And we need a lot more pace because it looks like Mullen, again, yeah, I, I mean, he was exposing them a handful of times in the first half and getting behind and making those runs and uh, just keeping the defense honest. And with Mokoko and Adeyemi coming on, then now you have two other players to match that speed. And we look like a whole different team. Yeah, um, man, I, I am excited to see Adeyemi more. Um, I think we do have kind of similar players with him and Malin. I think they can play on different sides usually, but as far as just their 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 pace and their like their quickness and their uh, like their their touch and their skills and everything, like it's they can just like cut through defense uh, defenders and defensive lines, which is really exciting. So I I, I really want to see Adeyemi a lot more. But I also I think watching this game and seeing Malin having a, a bit more maybe experience at, at this level. Um, I think maybe Adeyemi has a little catching up to do, but I, I mean, we've seen before in the early games that he can play at this level. Yeah. Uh, there's still, I think some things he needs to learn a little bit, but I'm, I'm super excited for him and we're almost back to that. Well, who do, who do we start now? Like we, now that these guys are coming back, we have a little more depth, which is opposed to two weeks ago when we're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, we don't this, have this is all we have. Yeah, so so right whenever they came on, I mean, we are again, I already said we look like a different team, but we're already looking so much more dangerous as well. I mean, Mukoko makes that great run, and unlike Modest, he's going to be able to catch up to those and again keep that defense honest. And I mean, I thought he was going to score within the first minute when he had that chance. I think he took it with his right, but again, Ashfolo uh, with just another really great save, in my opinion, to get down really that quick. Uh, and uh, keep the ball also just stuck too to the ground and just it was a good save. You're talking about the but again creating chances already. It was like the half volley, like Mounier like lifted it mm-hmm. over everyone. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't like a lift because he was like nearly at the like halfway line, but like over the yeah, top of the defensive just, line, everyone and Mukoko kind of got it on the half volley, real, like right on the edge of the the six or in the six. But it was yeah another good save. But that was like yeah two minutes on. Again, with Reyna, like Reyna getting into it real early. Makoko right off the bat, right when he comes on the field uh, with his speed. And let, I, let's talk, I mean, this is time to do it. Makoko versus Modest. With Makoko, like in this game, you notice a lot Modest kind of like sitting in, in spots and kind of just waiting for the ball to come in and, instead of like making runs here and there. And I mean, like that's his game. If that's his game, then we need to work to it. But the benefit with Makoko is like his speed and his ability to move around. Like he can drop back and, and he can actually finish with his feet too i mean mokoko yeah. is is and that's not even too much as of like a you know having a go at modest as much as just uh shedding some light on how good of a finisher mokoko can be i mean he's been showing his quality in front of goal since he was like 12 years old yeah and again he, he's creating chances and looking dangerous right off the bat and if we were playing literally pretty much anyone else in the league if besides clone next game i would have said start modest but since we're going against Cologne, I, I, I got to give I got to give the spot to Modest one more time. Yeah. Even though I mean, we'll talk about Mukoko's goal, but he was for that header. Mukoko was out Modesting Modest. I wonder if part of it is well, I think 100 percent this is part of it. But Mukoko is a little more used to like Mukoko is a player for our system. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like his speed and, no. and the ability to work with the wingers and the number 10 and rotate and like that's how we can play is like just working around the 18 and, and creating those chances with a very mobile striker. Um, yeah, just, you know, just high energy and yeah. aggressive. It's that's, a way better way to put it, it than me just rambling, trying to find the right oh, words. No, you're but. Good. <laughs> um, so uh, moving forward, like, I mean, you, you gave your opinion to show Modet. We'll see Modest next week or not next week, but October 1st is our next game against uh, Colin. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, if we keep seeing performances, and again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay or like put Modest down, but working with our system is what concerns me, especially if you listen to the episode last week. I talked about it a lot more. I, I don't need to go into it a lot. But moving forward, like, are we gonna are we gonna work better with Makoko in the system than Modest? Well, well, here's the thing though, too. If I would understand if Modest is changing our, or at least our attack. I'm not going to say our whole entire system, but our, our, our ways of attack and our ideas, if he changes those, but he's netting them and, you know, he's getting on the end of these and he's, and he's netting these headers and 
Uh, he's, he's had plenty of chances with his feet as well. Then I would say, look, it's working. He's getting goals and we're getting results. And now we're still getting like results. I mean, I think there's, we could be and should be top of the league, but he's not netting these and he's changing our attack a lot. And I would argue for the most part for the worst. I mean, defensively, again, he brings on another uh, big physical presence and even attack. He brings that physical presence as well, but he's still not finishing a lot of things that should be goals. And at some point you have to start looking at the kid who is producing at this kind of level and, and consistently and with like a third of the time as well. I mean, well, he's I, got, I, again, if it weren't for anyone else but clone, I would be starting Mukoko M- this next game. I mean, stats wise, Mukoko has two goals, doesn't he? I think he's got two in Bundesliga and yeah. Modest has one. Like, and again, like a third of the time too. Yeah. Which, yeah. Modest has been getting a start week after week after week. And we've seen twice now Makoko come on late and score. And I, and I mentioned it already a few minutes ago, but the the goal that was scored by Makoko is is literally a classic modest goal. Oh, yeah. Makoko was the one that actually scored it. I mean, his first chance a few minutes ago that I was talking about, Mounier set that up. And then the next one was from Wolf. So again, they were defensively sound and they were still creating chances and attack. And wow, Makoko, for a player that's not big and not known for his you know, being a threat in the air. What a header. I mean, that was towering and that was, that was dominant. And he's not a tower. He's a, he's a small dude. So it was crazy to see him get that modest type header, which came from and uh, young too. Yeah. You know, 79th minute uh, started from Reyna had a nice, like he switched the, switched the field out to Wolf um, who took a couple like steps and moves and touches and then whipped it in Modest or Makoko got there to put, put, yeah. Uh, headed in um, and put us up and eventually get the win. Um, so were we not, are we not putting those cross, those kind of crosses in for Modest or. I mean, it was a good cross. <laughs> it, it, Wolf shouldn't have had the time and space that he did whenever, I mean, he was a good first touch. It was really like high on his chest for him to settle it, but he was still able to get it down and under control very quickly. Um, and as a defender, once they start to have that, you got to go out and you got to actually pressure them. And the, their defender just kind of sat and watched, which gave Wolf the space to actually whip that cross in. And it, and it was a really good header. I would imagine Modest should have gotten on the end of that one as well. Mm-hmm. But take no credit away from Mukoko for actually, you know, jumping up and getting his head to that and being so clinical as well. It's not like it just kind of, you know, zipped across his head and he just kind of barely uh, re, uh, re-angled it. But, I mean, he actually put it on the other side of the goal. Yeah, it was... Uh... Fantastic. And then I kind of, I mean, the rest game after that is kind of a blur. I, I, one note I did take is that we, we were still looking to get another goal. We even started like countering a bit more. And of course we had Adiyemi, um, in there too, with the speed and the dude was all over the place. I, he like bicycle kicked a ball that was out of bounds and then ran in like, before (laughs) we get off to that, I I do want to say the last thing I want to talk about Mokoko's goal is a celebration. I mean, that, that had me so hyped. That had me yelling almost the same way as well. I mean, look how much passion he brings as well. I mean, he wants to score for Dortmund every goddamn game. And I said uh, a few months back, if there's one thing that I think is really going to help convince Mokoko to stay is he's a player that thrives. And I'm talking thrives on, a supporting atmosphere like the yellow wall. I mean, to score in front of that week in and week out and have that, and you have your name just screamed at you like that, that that's what fires up Mukoko to, you know, become the player that we knows he can be. Yeah. I mean, who else would you want to score the winner though, in this game? Like you could put Royce up there, but mm-hmm. Royce or Mukoko and maybe, maybe Mukoko, we need Mukoko to get that more like make, cause that's what, that's also the kind of player that Royce would be too. I mean, to lift it off to another one of his teammates. Yeah. But I, I think that can do so much for, for him and for us. If we, unless, unless it gets into a frustrating situation where a couple weeks and he still isn't getting as much time as he wants or, or maybe deserves. Um, we don't have to get into that conversation again, but I, yeah, that's, it's a, for him to score that in front of the, for this kind of game, like for a kid from Dortmund to score in this game, which means so much in front of the fans again for the first time in a couple of years, huge and awesome. And hopefully it can just be a, like a catalyst to, I don't know, have him be our next striker killing it for years and years and yeah, years. For years and years to come. Yeah. And 
just seconds after that, you thought we were going to put the game to bed with the chance from Reyna. I mean, and that that is a shot or that it would have been a goal. That's exactly who Reyna is in essence. I mean, for him to have, it was a beautiful little cutback and just for him to kind of wrap his foot around it and get a uh, finesse shot into the top right. I mean, I thought, I thought that was easily in, but it just whiskered wide. And that was disappointing. I would have loved to put the game to bed there, but of course we got to go into 10 minutes of, <laughs> you know, heart attacks. Yeah. And right after that, I mean, that's whenever Chan came on too, which again, that's, that would have been a sub I would have made, you know, it brings in that muscle and hopefully can tighten down the defense a bit, but the man goes out and makes another ridiculously stupid foul. What was that? 60 seconds before coming on? Maybe not even sec- 60 seconds. Maybe it might've been 30 seconds, but he just wasn't in a good position. If he, if he's brought on, I imagine he's going to be played more of a, you know, a deeper six. Cause we don't have anyone else right now. Um, and you have Ozchan still, I think he was on the field, but still you, if you want to have people back, you know, to actually try to secure the win, then uh, they need to shape up like that. And Chan was way too high up and just runs back and commits a stupid foul, puts us easily in a bad area. Yeah. Um, we did hang on. We, no, hang on. we can't defend from set pieces. We did hang on. Yeah. Hang on for the win. I was holding my breath. <laughs> um, I mean, anything else from this game? It's another one Oh, which I mean, we've talked about it. It's we take it, those. We'll, we'll take them. Um, now I'm just, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take I think, it. I think it took us like over 20 games last year to get to four clean sheets. And this year it's only taken us seven. So, I mean, we need to do better in front of goal, but, on a defensive standpoint, we're looking pretty pretty solid so far. Anyone else? I mean, if Bellingham played amazing as oh, yeah. always, we, this we was don't... also his hundredth game already played for Dortmund. That was the other the milestone man. I mentioned. I was like, "There's definitely another milestone," and I'm terrible because I forgot it was Bellingham. But yeah, hundredth game. We we don't talk about him enough. Like he's just so solid all the time. It's like we don't. You know what he did? Just a mm-hmm. full game of amazing things, and got tap like he got fouled like three times in the first five minutes like pretty hard tackles he was the most foul player <laughs> last season so uh he's just so good i i love Oschan too i think he has been yep. fantastic uh like his and again he he sits back a little more and he gives bellingham the opportunity to to get up on the field more which we saw we saw a few chances from bellingham again like it's great to see him in those advanced positions Oschan sitting back i think he's great at like his his intercept and his ability to uh like win, win the ball win like win tackles and mm-hmm. just kind of control, like sit back in a little quarterback position, kind of like I think his passing is pretty great. I haven't looked at stats specifically. This is just it's, how I it's feel. It's really simple and it's really <laughs> smart. I yeah. mean, again, he keeps it simple. Unlike Chan, where you're like, Jesus, this guy's going to lose the ball at any minute and then just rip someone down from behind to get a yellow. But Chan, or Oz Chan, I almost said Chan, Oz Chan is a lot more smart with the ball. So yeah, I, I loved his performance. Uh, I mean, Schlotterbeck as well. I mean, another great one for him. I'm going to steal a stat from Adam Dorowski, our boy. And uh, I mean, in his first Riviera Derby, Schlotterbeck had a career high 15 progressive passes, oh, and geez. his previous high was 14. So, I mean, it's not just two center backs that whip it back and forth, and uh, you know, don't don't do anything with it. Hummels is obviously he's been in the quarterback role, and he's known for pinging balls really up high. And Schlotterbeck is no stranger to. Uh, a nice day of passing as well. So there's one thing I want to talk about Slaughterbeck, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but it leaves me slightly concerned. Just his, I mean, his ability to like win tack, like come in with like the slide tackle or whatever is amazing. And we haven't seen him really miss one yet, but he always goes for these big tackles where he comes sliding in. Um, I think there was one, I don't remember the game, but he, he kind of missed the tackle and, and got he fouled the player and he was the last defender back. This is why it stuck out in my mind because he was the last defender and he still went for this big slide tackle. We didn't win the ball, took out the player, but because he took out the player, it stopped and held a play, which is great. But are, I don't know if there's if this is something you notice. Like, is there any concern seeing him Always. make these big tackles when he is the last player and there's like a very good... I mean, he's good at it. He can time it well. But what if, say, someone just like pings it around him and, and is off. It's no, I, I've noticed from the very beginning, he is very much a risk taker uh, defensively and on the ball. He is, he is a risk taker. And at some point that might come to bite us if he doesn't, which, which he does, you know, obviously he doesn't make much of any mistakes, but just the little ones, you know, if he doesn't try to nip those in the bud early on, 
you don't want to become a player that's prone to, you know, having uh, boneheaded mistakes like that. Um, but I mean, so far he's, he's, he's crisp and clean getting to pretty much every tackle. So right now more power to him. Just, just be conscious of what you're doing and, and be smart. Um, okay. We are, we talked about this game way longer than I thought we would, but I mean, it's the Riviera Derby. We, we got to, we got to give it some love. I'm fine with we that. We won, by the way. <laughs> and we won. Just in case anybody missed that, we got the dub. Yeah, did we not say that's, that? We should have said it I earlier. I think it's three Riviera Darbys in a row as well. I know we didn't have them last year, but I, I want to say it's at least three. Okay, so let's talk international break. Coming up on the international break, which is always a bummer because, I mean, international soccer is cool, but I like watching my club week in and week out. Um, but our next, I mean, Dortmund's next game, October 1st is when we get back from the international break. We said it before against Cologne. Yeah. Real quick. I wanted to mention for Cologne that it's an away game. And I know some of you may have seen that Ajchan was looked at after the game against Schalke and picked up a small knock, but the goal is hopefully for him to be in the squad for Cologne. I obviously would love to have two players that played on Cologne last year, play against them, uh, this time around. But we'll just have to wait and see until probably Thursday, maybe early Friday, to see what, if Ashen's going to be in the team. Um, other than that, Cologne are a very aggressive team. They don't shy away from anything. Uh, just our last few meetings have been has been pretty tense. I mean, Stefan Baumgart is uh, is a t- is a, a manager that likes his team to go out and be aggressive. And if, we also have some other players that are on them now. I mean, of course you have Stefan Tigges who's been starting recently. So he might be starting, I guess, this game against us. Um, either way, it's going to be a interesting, I guess, swap of a, a handful of different players, but it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Again, uh, we'll be back from that game's October 1st. When we get back from international break, uh, the benefit with getting a couple injuries, international break is you have a little bit of extra time. Um, yeah, so thank God. we're not missing Royce for as long or as many games as we could. And then, yeah, of course, there's the chance that Ocean will be good to go when we get back for, for that game. So crossing our fingers for that. But so moving on to the international break, um, we'll, we're going to talk a little USMNT. Um, we're going to talk about that game next week. We, we will be back. We're not going to take a, a break for international break. We'll actually talk USMNT for the international break and do, we'll talk a little bit about like our other uh, Dorman players out on international break. Um, which we got those games coming up. Do you want to run through those games real quick, or do you want to talk USMNT first? Oh, we can run through Germany, sure. Cool. So uh, Germany, um, of course, the Dortmund players who got called up is Sule Schlotterbeck, and wow, I'm blanking. Why Brandt is that one? <laughs> Brandt oh, is the last for one. Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I know those. I know Schlotterbeck and Brandt obviously are. They haven't. St- I don't know if they've started, but they, they haven't got a ton of time on the national team. So it'll be interesting to see um, these games coming up if, if they get any minutes. Um, so they, they, they got a couple competitive games. What is the, the nation league qualifiers? I don't know what they're playing in. I don't remember, but it, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's the nation league. And, and I, I know Brent played for the, for the national team in the world cup in 2018, but he had that dip for a few years. So yeah, he's finally getting his chance to go back and maybe make a spot for himself for the world cup. I don't know. Yeah. So Germany is playing Hungary, um, 2.45 Eastern time this coming Friday. And then they've taken on Bellingham and the three lines with England Monday, 2.45 Eastern time. Uh, both those games should be on Fox Sports 1. All the the Nations League stuff are on Fox Sports. There's a couple games where it didn't have TV listed, so those are going to be a mystery. Jude Bellingham with England is taking on Italy this Friday, mm-hmm. same time as the Germany game at 2.45 Eastern. And then, of course, they're playing Germany next Monday. Uh, the other players we have out on international duty, Belgium with Azard and Mounier are taking on Wales Thursday. Uh, that game's 2.45 on Fox Sports, and then they play the Netherlands on Sunday. I was kind of surprised. Malin not didn't get called up for the Netherlands? I guess I saw I'm that not, late. I'm not too surprised, I guess. I guess he hasn't played in a while. He's coming back yeah. from injury, so that makes a little more sense. But And so, yeah, Belgium Thursday and Sunday. And then, of course, USMNT with Gio Reyna, who benefit to Gio. And uh, who else is playing in the Bundesliga? Not PFOC, because PFOC did not get called up. Uh, but they, yep. they're they training in Cologne. Scaling. 
Scally. Yeah, that's the other one. So they're, they were training in Cologne. So nice, easy trip for Gio. Um, I will say, I know we're not going get to in, get into this too much yet, but I, just as a USMNT fan, obviously, and this being the last window before the World Cup, I feel like the European teams have way better games set up to play because they're playing the Nations League and they're playing pretty competitive matches where the USMNT is not in that slightly concerns me <laughs> i mean they're friendlies but the nation's league is glorified friendlies and i think they're probably going to be taken at the same level of seriousness if not the u.s potentially taking them more serious uh than the others uh i mean because we have a lot to do with this squad still we only got two games in a whole month but there is still a lot of question marks for a lot of different roles in this team and spots and I imagine they're going to be fighting really hard for their spot. I mean, Berhalter, I could get into him, but he has his favorites, and it's going to be hard for other players to, I guess, wiggle their way into this squad, you know, no matter how talented or proven they are. You want to talk to PFOT drama? I, I don't think there's too much. I mean, from what I heard, he did have a slight knock, so that's why he wasn't mm. called up. It might have just, I, mean, I think it just kind of slipped under the radar. But if he, I mean, he scored again this past weekend against Wolfsburg. But if he nets another like one or two before the World Cup, I'm going to lose my mind if he's not called up. I mean, people are saying like, oh, he's he's not a, you know, the system player, the player that we need for our system, like Tim Ream. And it's like, I guess if you're trying to, yeah, I'm not going to get into the Tim Ream thing. But <laughs> if you're, I feel like that we're just kind of playing that excuse for one team at the moment, and that's England. And you still need to focus on quality to try to get to the other teams. I mean, PFOC's a player that's going to be able to try to help break down a team like uh, Iran that's going to, you know, I would imagine run that low block. And he's going to be that physical presence that we desperately need right now. Yeah, my my big thing with him in verse, I mean, it, it, I know that people have been going like him versus Pepe and doing the comparisons there. Um, and because that's what, what, what Berhalter came out and said was, with the criticism of PFOC not being called up is Berhalter's comments were along the lines of, we know what PFOC can do and can bring. And we still want to, basically we still want to give Pepe that chance, which I get you want to give Pepe the chance. But at the same time, this is like our striker situation is so up in the air that all these guys need a chance to work in and around the system to figure it out. And if PFOC's not getting that chance before it's, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, and Pepe has the same chance PFOC has right now at club level. And, yeah, he hasn't been getting a lot of minutes, but, I mean, maybe he hasn't earned those minutes at a club like Augsburg either. I mean, the man has not done well when he had minutes either. And if you're looking at a player like PFOC that is on a club that's at the top of the Bundesliga right now and a regular starter and producing, what, five goal contributions in like six or seven games now, I think it's I think it's a no brainer unless Pepe comes out and really uh, puts on a hell of a two performances in a row and goes back to club level and starts to perform for the next month. That's what's got to convince me because I mean there are other players like I I wouldn't mind playing or bringing someone like uh, Jesus Ferreira. I mean you could have the physical presence, the tall physical presence is going to have one system, and Ferreira, Ferreira can also bring another kind of whole dynamic to our attack too. I mean he opens up a lot of defenses with him being a false nine. But at the moment, out of those two, for just strictly in that central role, I'm, I'm, that's that's my two over Pepe. Yeah, it's just it, it's really frustrating, and I also don't just want to tear down Pepe. But if you look at the the, the comparisons, the straight up Bundesliga comparisons, what like you said, what PFOC is doing currently, and what we saw um, Pepe not do with Augsburg last season. Now, of course, he's loaned out to a lower division, or not not in Germany, but a, a kind of lower level league. Um, and Denmark, I think is where he's at Danish the football. Netherlands. Ne- is it? Okay. It is Dutch. Yeah. And I, the frustrating thing is again, back to the, like PFOG needs to work in this system. Like he needs the experience with the team. And I, cause I don't know if he played in the last, I don't remember if he played in the last window. No. So what's he, the he benefit? Was, I will admit PFOG was not great in his last outing for the national team, but that was also, if I'm not wrong, at least two years ago, maybe even three. I think he played in the, Whatever the last summer, this tournament last summer, he might have played in that. I forget which one that was. Concacaf Nations it's been, League or whatever. It's been but at the very least a year or two. Yeah, it's just 
I think to throw, say he does, he keeps producing at this level that he does. And one, if he's not, I don't know, if he keeps producing at this level and he's not called up for the World Cup, then that's super frustrating. If he um, keeps producing at this level and then goes to Qatar for the World Cup, it's frustrating that he he's just jumping into a system that he hasn't like trained with in a very long time. So I don't know. That's that's where I stand with it all. But <laughs> I agree. And yeah, so we'll dive deep into deeper into that next week after they yeah, play we'll, the first. We'll game. see how it we'll see how it goes uh, in the next week, and then we'll we might have more things to say or less things to say. But so USMNT, I'm really excited that this game is Friday morning. Um, I think it's because I f- most Fridays. I mean the. Aussie rules football season is coming to an end. If you haven't really talked about it before, I'm not going to get into it a lot, but I'm a big Aussie rules football fan. And there's always games Friday morning at like four 30 in the morning, which I like to wake up for. There's something about waking up before the sun. I don't do it regularly, but on a Friday to watch some footy, I'm all I for it. Saying. And uh, I haven't and done it so- <laughs> often, but I think it was a time where I used to get up, um, it was years ago, but I think I remember seeing like a handful of like Liverpool games at like five or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I hear you. So I'm, I'm pretty hyped to wake up early Friday morning, delay work for a little bit and watch uh, USMNT. I did have a, I was supposed to take a, like a class at the gym and I canceled it so I could watch the game. So uh, USMNT taking on Japan, um, 8.25 a.m. Eastern time, a little earlier for us. Uh, Central Time, 7.25, and it is on ESPN and ESPN+. And then next game is versus Saudi Arabia next Tuesday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. I did not see a TV listed uh, or where if it's going to be streaming or on TV. I really hope it is. You would think it's going to be, but I don't know. We'll have to wait for more info on that. But that's what we got coming up, and then we will be back next week for USMNT coverage a little bit. Cover you everything else? Um... Oh, you know what? This is so stupid and random, but I think I took I think I took the wrong stat from Chaz on Twitter and said Schalke had 0.3 xG and it was actually 0.7. Oh, so thanks for that, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for hanging out and listening. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to leave us, if you like hanging with us, if you made it to this point and haven't already left us a review, five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and then if you want to keep up to date with us, Twitter, Instagram, reach out anyway there. Head to our website, thebvbpodcast.com to get all those links. My name's Jake. Carver has been with me as always, and we will see you later. See ya.